Hello and welcome to another episode of the Anxiety Wide Podcast. I'm your host, Corey. Thankful you are here once again, checking out the show. As I mentioned last time, we're going to kind of shift and pivot um, into a new direction here. I'm going to talk a little bit more about CrossFit, first part of the show, and then we will go on into mental health, um, both anxiety and depression, areas that I've got experience in, um, both personally and in coaching. Um, If you don't know, I am a level two CrossFit trainer. Um, I got my level two cert here this last time. I had to re-up my L1 um, and I've been through a few of the other certification programs. I have been in some shape or form training people um, for the last 20 years. Um, I was an athlete. I was lucky enough and blessed enough to try out for the NFL. Um, So I've been exercising and working out my whole life. you know, my life circumstances uh, brought me into the mental health space unwillingly, but it has taught me the valuable lessons, and um, those lessons have enabled me to help other people heal. And so, uh, today, what I want to talk about is burnout. And burnout right now is pretty prevalent, uh, especially if you are working at home, you're getting sick of doing the same workouts, uh, you're kind of bored. You know, you want to get your hands on a barbell, you don't have a barbell at home, and good luck finding them. (laughs) If you've uh, been on luck uh, online anywhere, trying to order anything, trying to find equipment, there is nothing out there really. Um, If it is, it's two, three, four weeks out, or it's just sold out. So um, there's even stuff where like you have it in your cart, you go to pay, and by the time you have gone to pay, um, the inventory has gone out. So Um, I wanted to talk about that, touch on it, um, give you a little perspective on um, how to reevaluate and reassess burnout. Now, physical burnout is much different than mental burnout, and I've been through both. Uh, Physically, I've been burnt out. I played both college football and basketball, and any of you college athletes out there know that those are year-round on their own. And so doing both um, physically, it just killed my body. I I was just at a point that I couldn't do it anymore. And at that point, I actually transferred schools. I was at one school doing both. And fortunately at the time um, when I had quit basketball, my, the assistant basketball coach had said to me, he said, just don't quit football. Whatever you do, just if you, if nothing else, just punt. And so like that kind of stuck with me and he was a good guy, I respected. Uh, I had hung up my basketball shoes after about two years, I think actually three, no, I don't even remember. So long ago, I'm 42. So <laughs> anyways, two years for sure. Um, one solid year of playing and I had hung them up. I, my body just had, had been done. I needed to get my ankle. I had reconstructive surgery on my ankle. I had hung it up. And um, so I, I actually listened to him and continued to play football, just punting. And I got a lot of hate and I got a lot of, I got picked on a lot because uh, when I went into college, I was a pretty high caliber um, recruit. And in fact, before our first game, my freshman year, I was in the starting lineup. I was going to start as a running back. And unfortunately, the NCAA clearinghouse came back and said, hey, we don't like this class. We're not going to accept it. You're ineligible. So I ended up redshirting and that ended up being a fork in the road for me. And my mindset turned to screw it. And that followed me for a long time. And up until recently, I talked to this um, a few episodes ago about the um, the Mel Robbins book. 
uh, that was a shift for me that um, I kind of just said, screw it. Like I did all this work. I got to this point where I'm going to start and uh, it was taken from me. There's nothing I could do. And so that was my perspective. I said, screw it. And it was my own doing. It was my own problem that I looked at it that way. And a good way to think about the change in perspective, and I'm going to tie this into burnout here, is imagine being upset that there's a smudge on your glasses. And you're upset because you can't see what you want to see, but you refuse to wipe it off. Now, you may wipe it off, it, it gets a, another smudge on there another time and you get upset and your vision is impaired because you keep getting these spots and uh, smudges on your glasses. Well, the problem is, is that you're picking up your glasses by the lenses. And so you're, you're, in, you're, there's a point in the day where you pick up your glasses by the lenses and put them on and then you're mad that they got a smudge on them. Now, there's a point at which you go to pick up your glasses that it's second nature. You don't even think about it. You just pick them up. Well, perspective works this way. If you would just take a second to be like, okay, I'm not going to grab them by the lenses or lenses and pick them up by the frames. I'm not going to have that smudge and I could put them on. So the shift is rather in picking up the glasses, right? You change your perspective. The instant you are going to grab those glasses, you pick the frame, pick them up by the frames, put them on your head. Now you can see clearly you've gone around the point at which you're making your mistake. And so for me, um, the smudge on the lenses was looking at that as something was happening to me, right? I was the victim. They were taking that away from me. And the situation that we're in right now in quarantine, nothing was taken from us. Our situation changed and now it's up to us to pick up our glasses by the frames. We can make the best out of this. Like it just looks different. It's not any different. Fitness is fitness, period, right? The social aspect is gone. There's a lot of financial strain. I understand that, but there are positive things out there. And when things, you know, when the, you know, what hits the fan, it's up to us to find that um, silver lining, if you will, and, and figure out what can I do that's going to benefit me in this time of distress? It's really not that bad though. Like, honestly, like going out to eat. Yeah, that's fun. It's expensive, but it's fun. Seeing your friends. Yeah, that's, that's fun. But we have FaceTime, we have phones, we have texting, we have ways to socialize, but it's how, how do you look at the situation you're in right now? What's your perspective? Are you dead set on the fact that something was taken from you? Are you, are you the victim? And don't get me wrong. When I say victim, there are actual victims of many different things. I'm just saying victim mentality, like a fixed mindset versus growth mindset. And a growth mindset person is going to be like, I'm going to make the best out of this. And the burnout comes in when you just look at, oh, great, burpees again, or oh, great, you know, whatever it is again, jump rope or air squats or whatever else it is. Well, why not look at that as a chance to perfect those things? Now, you know, perfection is unattainable, but get better at those things. Work on your air squat form. Work on your breathing and your burpees. Work on being able to do your burpees faster. Um, things for me, it's like I'm working on running. I hate running. But it's I, I'm, I'm finding challenges and setting goals that are different, right? And if you're having a hard time with that and you're not in the gym, you're not um, someone that is able to self-motivate, which if you know, if you've listened to the show, you know, motivation, I don't look at as a positive thing. It's dragging yourself to the place to do something that you don't want to do and saying, I'm going to do it anyways, right? 
you can be inspired and you can be motivated by other people, but in the end, it's up to you, right? The perspective is I'm going to force myself to do it. And for me right now, it's running. Like, I don't want to do it. I hate it. I get really sore, but I'm going to get better at it. And my perspective right now is I'm going to try to get better at all these little things that I'm doing in the gym because when we get back to normalcy, whatever that's going to look like down the road, that's going to benefit me, right? Everything you're doing right now is going to benefit you down the road. It's just, how do you look at that? It's like when you are on a path to, let me change this. Why do you work out? Ask yourself that. What's the reason? What's my purpose that I go into a gym, whether it's at home or a box? What's my purpose in doing that? Is it is it therapy? Is it therapeutic mentally? Well, there's an opportunity to figure out another venue to have some personal therapy because it can happen and it has happened to me where I was unable to work out and I was left with my mind and it tore me up because I didn't know how to cope. I had had major surgeries. I've had 13 of them, Um, you know, probably five that have just kind of left me unable to move. And I was forced to figure out my mind. I did tons of reading. I did tons of personal development activities, tasks, workbooks, you name it. I've done it. And that's gotten me to the point where I can help other people. And so my opportunity at the time was to sit and stew about, I can't do this. I can't do that. Or focus on what can I do right now? Now, fortunately for me, I was around people that um, pushed me in that direction. Now, here's your push. It's coming from me right now. Make the best out of this situation, right? We, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to have more time, right? Our lives get so busy. This is like what it was like before the internet, right? I mean, that's what we're relying on now. But it's there's the social aspect and going out is gone, right? Before the internet was gone and that's all we had. So it just kind of, it's like the opposite effect right now. And so we have an opportunity to perfect things. We have an opportunity to set some PRs. PRs is doing something for the first time that you've never done before. How much opportunity do you have in your gym right now at home? How much opportunity can you go outside and set a PR in for me, it was running. Like today I did a mile test and it was like a 10 minute mile. And I was like, oh my God, I just, I don't run. You know, I've, I've got both my hips done. So it's, it, it takes its toll, um, but I'm doing it the right way. And so my goal is to get um, in between like a five to seven minute mile. I have no idea if that's possible, but it's just a goal, right? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work towards that. Now that might change depending upon how my body re- re- reacts, but it's like, I, I can't, change the situation I'm in right now. I can't change it. Nothing we can do as, as individuals can change our situation. It's up to people that are in power, um, that have information, politics aside, whatever your craziness is in politics aside, right now our situation is we can't go to the gym. Now that may change in a week, two months, six months, who knows? Um, but we can influence ourselves and the people around us at our home to work out. We've, we brought our kids into our gym and started working out. And that's actually helped me um, pick it up a notch. You know, my son and my daughter, my daughter's always been super active. My son is less interested in, in certain things. But now he's, we've, we've tied it to things that he really enjoys, like iPad and Xbox, um, going for bike rides and say, okay, if you do this, then you can earn this. And so it's kind of re-energized me just 
um, just enough to like be like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it up and see what else I can do. Um, I, I'm doing more accessories, which I've probably talked about too. Um, I have a lower back issue. I've always had that. I, I, it's an injury from um, playing receiver in college. I got hit right when I landed one time. It just kind of jarred my SI joint, and it's something I've battled over the last 22 years being out of college. And um, so I've been doing um, back PT, working on uh, my ab ABAD adductors in my hips, working on my hip flexors, my lower abdominal area. I've had um, hernia, sports hernia in my lower, ab lower abdominal area, so it's pretty tight. I still have the mesh in there, so it kind of bugs me. And so I'm, I'm working on all these different areas, that stuff that I don't normally do, but it's I'm, I'm going to do it because it's gonna benefit me when life gets back to normal. And so if you're burnt out, if you're someone that's kind of kicking the can down the road and kind of just, and it's okay to be pissed off and it's okay to be mad that our lives have changed, but there's a certain point where you're like, okay, I've dealt with that emotion. Let's start to think rationally, what can I get better at? And really for me, um, working out is yes, it's a little bit of therapeutic aspect. It's a little bit of physical aspect. And it's also like, I'm a person that wants to get better at things. I'm just like an achiever. That's just my personality. And I want to get better and period, whatever that looks like. And so for me, if things change where one day my back is super bad, I'm like, well, I know I can still ride the air bike. Yeah, the air bike sucks, but like I can do six intervals at 30 seconds max output and my back is still fine. And in fact, by the time I'm done, my back feels better. But I'm not going to get up and be like, oh, my back hurts. I'm not doing anything and be like my back, my back, my back. It's like, what can I do to make it feel better? And I think for us in this situation that we're in right now, if we're burnt out, let's ask ourselves, what can I do right now today to help myself feel better Me mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever it is for you. And, I, and I've started doing um, multiple cold exposures a day. Like I, this morning I went for my mile run trial and then I went in the freezer. Um, we put our pool up and it's, it's stinking cold, man. That pool is cold right now. And so I, I'll go sit in there and scoop it out and probably take five, 10 minutes. It's only about, I'd say between 50 and 55 degrees. So like five to 10 minutes in there and just my lower half of my body. And I'm being proactive because if I don't take care of myself, it's just like the situation you may or may not be in right now. If you're only outlet for therapy is going to the gym. Now that that is taken away, what do you have left? Right? So if my only outlet was going to the gym to help myself feel better, I'm stuck at home stewing, kicking the can. Right? So I've, I've found these different things that's going to, that are going to help benefit me down the road. And so I'm adding that cold water therapy in to offset the actual PT I'm doing on my lower back, the PT I'm doing on my hip area. And then I'm also doing it to help recover from running because when I run, I'm a big dude. I'm probably about 230 right now. It, it's hard on my ankles, shins, and knees when I'm first starting out. Now I go and run up at the football field because it's grass. It's just better for me. Um, you know, I'm kind of a Clydesdale. I'm not so much a stallion anymore. <laughs> that, you know, a lot of pounding on the ground is hard on my joints. And again, there it's like, yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of a, a cost to going after something like that, like a five to seven minute mile. But also the cost is going to be repaid when I put in my, my physical deposit of taking care of myself.
what kind of mental deposits are you giving yourself? My mental deposit is like, yeah, it's going to suck and I'm barely going to be able to run a 10 minute mile right now. But it's like, think how good that ice bath is going to feel. Now I'm a little nuts and I enjoy that. But the little secret is I don't enjoy it when I'm in it. When I'm in it, I'm like, okay, this is going to feel good when I'm out, when I'm out, when I'm out, when I'm out. <laughs> and by the time I get through all that and I get out, it, it feels great. And so for you, um, dealing with burnout, let, let's look for some PRs that you can set, whatever that, whatever that may be. Um, today we have a workout that's like a 12-minute AMRAP. It's got 50 squats, 7 strict pull-ups, and 10 uh, double dumbbell power cleans, I think. And so my goal is to try to do the 50 air squats unbroken. And obviously with the, the PT that I'm talking about, my air squats are tough for me. You know, it's, I got a lot of gunked up stuff in my hips. Like all this stuff is still re rebuilding, even though it's four years later. Um, I have to take my time and like I use a chair when it's higher volume squats, but I'm going to try to do that. Um, just that's my thing today. I'm like, that's the one thing I'm focused on in the workout. Can I do all 50 unbroken? If it gets to a point where I can't do that, I'm going to go, okay, I'm going to do all seven strict pull-ups unbroken and I'm going to try to switch up my grip. I'm going to do close grip. And if those are easier, then I'll go wide grip, make them a little bit harder. And so it's constantly tweaking the dials. And if those two things aren't like my jam that day, I'll, I'll adjust mid workout and I'll say, okay, I'm going to try to do squat cleans with my dumbbells, which are, <laughs> which would suck. Uh, you know, it's probably not going to happen. If I can't do 50 unbroken air squats, I'm not going to be able to squat clean, uh, dumbbells. I'll probably use like fifties or something, but, um, it's just tweaking, um, my purpose for that day, right? My purpose every day is to get a little bit better than I was the day before. I'm not, and I'm not always successful, but if you set that intention, you're more likely going to hit it. There's, there's an old tale, like I'm probably going to, you know, destroy it, but there was this archer back in like Robin Hood times, even though Robin Hood's not like a real person, but back in those times, he would travel around to these Renaissance uh, festivals and, and do these trick shots and he would always win. Well, he ended up going to this, um, this one, this one time. And there was like a blacksmith, I believe like a, an apprentice blacksmith. And he was like, I'm going to challenge this guy. Cause I, I think I can beat him. And so the, uh, Archer got overconfident and set in his ways and decided to let the, the little apprentice pick the shot. And so what the apprentice knew is that you can't hit a target that you can't see. And so he, you know, set up this blindfolded shot and neither one of them hit it. But the point being is that the archer who was so confident that he could accomplish something, he did not see his target and he wasn't able to hit it. And so for us, see your target. What's the target you're trying to hit each day when you're in your gym, whatever your gym looks like today, what's, what are you shooting at? What's your purpose for your workout that day? Try to nail it. If you don't, no big deal. We'll get another chance tomorrow. 20 minutes <laughs> talking about gym burnout roundabout way right there. And so one thing I wanted to talk about too is adversity. And I, I touched on a little bit with uh, surgery and some of the stuff that I've been through in my life. And I wanted to tell a little bit more about that and how it has affected my mental health over the years. And the one thing with mental health is it's a constant journey. It's walking like walking a long path around the ocean you're on the cliffs, you're up and down, you know, some, some views are better than others, but it is a journey. And 
looking around as I've gotten, gotten older and enjoying the aspects of that journey a little bit each day has really benefited me. And what happens is you come over these hills and into these valleys and then you, you sometimes you come over a hill and there's a plateau where you're like, wow, I never thought I would find something like this here. And for me, that was that, that point where I got to that screw it moment. And it, it set the tone for a good, geez, 15 years of my life without even realizing it. Because when you do therapy, when you do personal development, we tend to focus on something that seems traumatic and devastating and so big and grandiose that it's like, okay, you know, I was a victim of X, Y, or Z, or I was hurt, or I was injured. I had this traumatic event. Someone died that very close to me. Well, for me, I didn't look at this thing of being, um, my eligibility being taken away as a major fork in the road for me. I had no idea. I'd never even talked about it in therapy. And it was just like, when it came to the front of my mind, it was the point in my life where I got to just give up because for me, like, and this is something I've, I've struggled with for many years is I don't have a fear of failure. I fail all the time and it doesn't bother me. And in fact, both my brothers have mentioned that to me. It's like, you just take these things on and just try them. You don't even like, like my older brother, especially he's like, I, I have to plan everything out. And what happens is I plan so much that I don't even try it. He goes, you, and I, and he's kind of being facetious when he says this, he's like, you just don't even, you just go, you just start doing it. And for me, it's, it's true. Like I, I, I'm like, I'm going to figure, I'm going to jump and figure out how a parachute on the way down. Now there is a little bit of strategy in what I do and I do p prepare for things. But for me, what I do is I stop short of goals and I have a fear of success. Reason being is that there's been multiple times in my life where things have been going fantastic and then outside influences have kind of just come and taken them away. And for anyone with anxiety, lack of control is super hard. And when I was in the starting lineup, they came and told me, I remember crying in my dorm room for a good week. And for me, I, it was like, and, and it was a little bit of an ego in therapy to be like, yeah, this thing really affected me. I'm like, eh, like I, I always kind of judged myself for thinking it was a big deal. And so eventually over the years, it kind of, I made it into the smaller and smaller thing where in actuality, it was, a, it was a pivotal moment in my whole life because I was, you know, homecoming King, um, all state, all conference, all everything in sports and, and very popular, very social. And I was getting to the point where my career path was NFL, right? And that was something I had thought about since I was seven years old. And then it was taken away. And honestly, it was what I needed. You know, I, I was so fixated on this um, identity as the athlete and the NFL and the all-star that I really hadn't nurtured who my spirit actually was. And the person that I am today is that person. It's just, I didn't realize it, how far away I was from that. Like I'm living back in my hometown and everybody sees me as that person, which for me, it's like a whole different life ago. It's just a lifetime ago. And what happened is like, I'd say a good three months ago, it started to kind of poke its head back up with just being around talking to certain people. Uh, reconnecting with some people in college and it's just how it is as you're walking along that journey there's these little signs and um, things that remind you of certain things in your life and 
Um, we were watching these old highlight tapes and it was like, poof. It's like, man, that really affected you. And it was just something in that simple, that statement in my mind. It's like, oh my God. And it was just like, and, and, and the reason that it happened that way is like all this work that I had done up to this point kind of connected, right? All these dots, it's like a spider web. Just thought it was like the last piece of webbing that went together and it was like flash, 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 flash. This is why you did this. This is why you did that. This is why you did this. This is why you did that. It's like, holy crap. <laughs> it was, and again, it's not like it's, to me, it seems selfish that that would be such a big thing in my life and kind of petty because it was just, I don't know. And it, and it could just be that I'm so different now, but at the time, I don't think that I was prepared for that mentally. And, and it just, like I said, it just was like a tsunami of, of, um, emotion that crushed my spirit. And I went the other direction. I went to partying. I went to, you know, dating and womanizing. And I wasn't always a nice person to certain people. And, um, you know, I, and, and eventually it, my neck got bad and I had nerve pain and then I was on pain medication and I was drinking with pain medication. Then I was on anxiety medication and then drinking with anxiety medication. And so I was doing all these coping me mechanisms to kind of mask both the physical and emotional pain that I was under. And I didn't realize why. And it was very interesting to me that it took so long to figure out, but what a lesson, right? What a lesson in life to say, man, that's the point in your life where things went to the right. Now I've, you know, course corrected and gotten back on track many, many years ago. Um, but it is a journey and I'm still walking the path and I do every day. And I can guarantee you that if I get off that path, I'm going to be in the woods, I'm going to be in the swamp, I'm going to be in the reeds, playing with the cattails, and then all of a sudden I'm going to be lost, which has happened very recently. Like on the last episode, I was talking about depression. I got off the path. And so it's very important, quarantine or not, to take care of yourself. Get a little bit better each day. Now, healing is a process, and like I said, it is a journey. And I, at the beginning of the whole podcast, it was a scavenger hunt. Each day you're picking up these pieces and these tools that kind of fit together like this little gadget that you're going to pull out when your anxiety gets really bad. For me, I continue to do that. It just looks different, right? The thing that we tend to think about is people that have had anxiety that are healed, that they're perfect. I remember thinking this, like, I remember like people that would help me and they'd be like, yeah, if you just do this, this, and this, and this, it's easy. <laughs> okay, you know, right? And, and it seems easy, but it's, it's, we've walked the path long enough to point you in a direction, say, head that way, look for these things, pick them up and use them. I can point you in a direction, say, Hey, you're going to see these things and you're going to want to change this. Or you're going to want to try this, but ultimately it's up to you to take steps forward along that path, pick those things up and use them because everything in your mind is not going to want to do that. Even so, you should do it. You should push into that discomfort because even as terrible as fear and trauma and worry is, we get comfortable doing those things because they become habitual. And so the, the thing that, that really changed for me, and I, I've said this so many times in the show, but once I've looked at my anxiety as a habit, I was able to hack into that habit and change it. And so 
look at your anxiety as a habit of, of worry, worryful thinking. Everybody's situation is different, and I'm not discrediting it that, you know, your trauma is your trauma. You own that. But you don't have to let it change your perspective on everything in life. Your perspective can be changed by you right now in this moment. If you're sitting there shaking your head like, not me. Nope, mine's different. It's not. It's unique to you because you're experiencing your life. But there are hundreds of people just like you out there. And if you don't believe me, I can point you in a direction to find those people. I found them. And through this journey of this podcast that's taken off, I've heard from them. Like, oh yeah, when you talked about this, I was just talking to my friend about it the other day, and then they were, we, we all talk about it. Blah, blah, blah. And, and so it, it, it is isolating. It is lonely. It is fearful. But you don't have to do it alone. And you don't have to do it with the wrong perspective. So what I want for you today to take out of this podcast is there is hope. If you think about your healing as a journey and a path that you walk along, you look for these signs, you look for these things that we talk about on the show, you pick them up, you try them. It's like trying on clothes. You know, not everybody's going to enjoy the same kind of clothes, right? I (laughs) wear bright colors and weird shirts. That's just who I am. But there was a point in my life that I pushed myself away from being that person because I took a left turn and said, screw it. I'm going to try to fit in. I'm going to try to wear the hat of the womanizer. I'm going to try to wear the hat of the partier. I'm going to try to wear the hat of the kickboxer. I'm going to try to wear the hat of the MMA person. I'm going to try to wear the hat of the professional. And, and the thing that I needed to do, stop trying on hats. Just be who I am. Be who my spirit tells me who I am. Listen to my gut. Once I did that, I started skipping down the path. I trip from time to time, and I did just recently. But you just do a burpee, dust yourself off, start walking again. So what do you guys think? That's kind of the new direction of the show. I hope it helps. If you have any questions on anything I've talked about, please shoot them to the show at anxietywad at gmail.com. Hit me up on my DMs. Um, Please uh, do so. I know it's hard to reach out and it can be hard to admit that you're struggling, but it's going to be the most freeing and liberating thing you can do is admit that, hey, I may may need some help. And if I get to a point where I need to do that, I'll do it again. Therapy is good. Talking to people is good. Owning your story is good. Keep sharing your story. It'll save people's lives. Have yourself a peaceful morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever you're listening. Keep coming back, guys. We're going to figure this out, I promise. We'll see you later.